Hi, welcome to the Thriller Vault podcast. I'm Luke Richardson and today I'm sharing with you a story set in the slums of Mumbai, India called Slumdog Escape. It's written by myself and Stephen Moore and as I say, I will be narrating it. It's part one of a three-part story so you're in the right place if this is the first video you're watching. Also, just a quick one to remind you please to subscribe and like this video. It really helps us share it with other people. Let's get into it. Rahul. Sometimes in life, you just have to run. Despite not yet reaching his eighth birthday, Rahul knew that more than most. He loved running. He remembered running on the beaches as a boy, spray kicking up high as his feet pounded the sand. He remembered running away to the big city when his parents died and his nasty uncle tried to take him in. He remembered running through Mumbai in those first few weeks, poor but free. Running from stall holders with stolen tomatoes under his shirt, or running from a security guard with a loaf of warm bread in his hands. Running to Rahul came naturally. It was as though he was born to do it. Rahul peered out into the darkness and tried to work out where the men were. He could hear at least two of them snoring on the far side, but the other was silent. There were usually two men, but sometimes there were three. These men were supposed to look after Rahul and the other children, but Rahul didn't think they did a very good job. A few stale bits of bread and a glass of dirty water at the end of the day was not being looked after. Rahul could do a better job on his own. Rahul pushed against the door to the cell-like room he shared with a dozen other children. As he'd suspected, it was open. Earlier in the night, he'd listened closely as the boss man closed the door but hadn't heard the bolt slide home. Maybe the boss man was very tired after his late night of drinking beer and watching television. Maybe the boss man should get to bed a little bit earlier. The door's rusted hinges squeaked. Rahul froze. He listened to the darkness. The men continued to snore. Rahul pushed open the door another few inches and then slipped through. He glanced over his shoulder and imagined the other children sleeping in the dark. He longed to free them too, but tonight there just wasn't time. He couldn't risk the noise waking up one of the men. Rahul promised that he would come back for the other children as soon as he could. He padded across the silent room, feeling each step with his bare feet. He knew that after the men had been drinking, empty bottles were often left across the floor. If Rahul kicked one of them, it would be game over for sure. Rahul counted out ten paces and then turned to the right. He was now in the corridor which led to the front door. He just hoped the front door would be unlocked too. Rahul counted out 15 more paces along the uneven floor. Something scuttled in the darkness. An animal, probably a rat. Animals didn't concern Rahul. Humans caused the real pain. Rahul reached the door. He fumbled around in the dark for the handle. The metal was cold, even in Mumbai's humid air. He held his breath and turned the handle. The mechanism moved then clicked. The door swung open. A vertical bar of light streamed in. Rahul breathed in, intoxicated by it. He glanced behind him, teetering with possibility. 
The boss man had said that Rahul was one of the lucky ones. He said that they were a family, that they looked after each other. But Rahul didn't think that was true. Rahul peered through the gap and inhaled. The city's fumes were especially noxious and exciting tonight. The lights of a car swung across the opposite building and then disappeared. Rahul took a deep breath and stepped out into the night. Oi! Where do you think you're going? The voice rooted Rahul to the spot. A figure stepped from the darkness. The man rummaged in his trouser pocket and pulled out a lighter. He struck it and lit the cigarette clamped between his lips. For a moment, his face was bathed in orange. Rahul recognised him. The boss man. Well, where do you think you're going? Rahul's eyes darted left and right. The boss man stepped towards him. Rahul darted away. His feet slapped three times against the ground before a thick arm closed around his neck. No, you don't, the boss man hissed an inch from his ear. You don't get to leave like that. I told you, we're family. And family stays together. Kayla. Kayla emerged, exhausted and bleary-eyed, into the chaotic arrivals hall of Mumbai International Airport. On first glimpse, the place looked more like a riot than an organised system. Scrums of men carrying overstuffed luggage hustled this way and that. Women herded children towards faraway exits. Taxi drivers touted for business. Hawkers sold drinks and snacks. Security men in military uniforms lounged against the walls, smoking, proud of their big guns and paying nobody any attention at all. Indian holy men in bright orange robes, glamorous European women in designer clothes, foreign nuns, well-dressed bankers from all corners of the globe jostled shoulder to shoulder, all vying for the same delicious breaths of hot and humid air. Kayla was excited by the variety, intoxicated by the contrast, and couldn't wait to explore. She took a deep breath to steady the pounding of her heart. A Miss Stone? Miss, Miss Stone? Kayla turned at the timid yet high-pitched voice, surprised she's heard her own name over the thunderous din. Miss Stone? Miss Kayla Stone? Yes, yes, I'm Kayla, she said. Ah, I am a pleasure to meet you, Miss Stone. A young Indian man in a bright red shirt stood behind her, his palms placed across his chest. My name is Dilip, and I am your driver to take you to the, oh, very excellent Kalaba guest house. Oh, uh, hello, um, thanks, okay. Kayla glanced at the airport surging around her. She felt suddenly uncomfortable. How did this young man know who she was? Mr Kermy, owner of the Kalaba guest house, told me I was waiting for a beautiful woman with blonde hair. Kayla glanced at another blonde-haired woman sauntering towards the exit. He said that also it was your first time in India, isn't it? People who are coming to India for the first time are very easy to spot. Follow me, Miss Kayla, I take your backpack. Before Kayla had the chance to respond, Dilip grabbed her pack and hoisted it over his impossibly skinny shoulders. Then, with several wiggles of the head, Dilip beckoned Kayla to follow. All right then, Kayla whispered to herself, her worldly possessions heading for the exit. I'll just have to go with it. 
Two anxiety-inducing shoulder-barging minutes later, they passed through the exit doors and into the sweating city air. The cacophony of voices inside were little more than a distant murmur against screaming car horns. Just up here, Dillett said, guiding them past three brightly painted buses belching thick black smoke into the air. Kayla followed, pushing through crowds of people. A bag thudded to the concrete beside her. Kayla looked up. A man stood on the roof of the bus, pulling luggage from a roof rack and then dropping it carelessly to the ground. Come on, come on, no time for waitings. Dilip's voice cut through the melee. Kayla turned and rushed after him. Here we are, Dilip said, reaching a tiny yellow and black car. He opened the trunk, slipped Kayla's bag inside, then skipped around to the driver's door. Kayla slipped into the worn rear seats. The green digital clock on the dash informed her that it was just after midday. Without waiting for Kayla to find the seatbelt, Dillip crunched the car into gear. Kicking the accelerator, he sent the taxi screeching into gridlocked traffic. For several minutes, they jostled their way through, accelerating hard for a few feet before violently braking. Finally, they made it to the freeway. Sprawling slums of colourful, crumbling shacks flanked the road on both sides. The tiny huts were constructed from random sections of corrugated tin, ripped tarpaulins, cardboard boxes and just about anything that might offer a little protection from the rain or sun. Kayla watched a group of women dressed in iridescent saris. Their smiles broad and their eyes bright pick their way along the side of the freeway. A series of wildly disconnected images flashed past. Pollution blurting trucks, cars held together with tape, roofless sports cars, decrepit, garishly adorned buses jammed to bursting like tins of human sardines. Cows, their homeliness apparent in vain. Men working, others sleeping, women chasing away stray dogs with sticks, children playing with trash while goats tried to eat the same trash. Kayla's mind spun with it, and yet the adventure was thrilling. The city of shacks gave way to an expansive boulevard running parallel to a glimmering stretch of ocean. This, this is Back Bay, Miss Kayla, and the Arabian Sea beyond. It is beautiful, isn't it? Dilip said, turning away from the road for far too long. Yes, yes, yes it is, Kayla stuttered, her eyes still struggling to take it all in. It was very beautiful. Mumbai was crazy, chaotic, misunderstood, scary and different, but beautiful too. Rahul. The boss man stepped back and leant against a crumbling wall. Sweat drenched his grubby shirt. Several buttons had long since given up trying to contain his stomach and pinged away never to be seen again. The boss man plucked a pack of biddy cigarettes from his pocket, lit one and inhaled deeply. He looked around. Several pairs of fear-filled eyes watched him. Where is he? The boss man spat. Suddenly, a boy was pushed into the centre of the room. The boss man dropped into a crouch and peered at the small child. Now, Rahul, we need to talk about what you tried to do last night. His voice was soft and calm, almost fatherly. Nothing, nothing. I didn't try to do anything, 
Rahul shook his head and shivered despite the cloying heat of the night. The boss man nodded and smiled. You know you are here because you are special. He spread his arms out, indicating the other children nearby. You are all special. You are very important to us. We need each other. And because we need you, we want to take care of you. We are family. The boss man stepped forwards and Rahul tried to back away. Another man, known as Weasel, due to his diminutive size, stepped out of the shadows and held Rahul in position. This is why it makes us very sad when you try to run away. The boss man picked up a length of thick bamboo. Rahul's eyes flared, watching the cane. He'd seen this before. He tried to squirm and wriggle away, but the weasel held him tight. Boss man nodded and Weasel pulled away Rahul's shirt, exposing his ribs which jutted beneath his skin. Boss man swung the bamboo high. It whistled through the air. He swished the cane down and it cracked against Rahul's chest. Rahul screamed, his voice echoing for a long moment through the whole building. Then the whipping sound returned and again and again and again. Finally, the boss man dropped the blood-stained bamboo to the floor. He straightened up and addressed the assembled children. This is what you make me do when you try to run away, he said. This is your fault. The boss man pointed at Rahul. Weasel forced Rahul up from the floor and made him stand straight. His chest, back and face were marked with several bloody gashes. The boss man leaned in close to the child. Tonight, Rahul, I need double from you to pay back your mistake. And don't try anything, because we will be watching. Do you understand? Rahul nodded. Silent tears made trails across his filthy cheeks. And if you fail, the boss man said, standing at his full height, I will take out one of your eyes. Kayla. An hour later, Kayla swung open the window of her room in the Calaba guesthouse. A welcome breeze drifted in, carrying with it the aromas of street food, incense and the tang of the ocean. Kayla felt the weariness of countless hours on the move fade and her hunger swell. The city enticed her through the open window. I'll eat first, Kayla said to herself, then take a rest. After a quick freshen up and a change of clothes, Kayla checked on her phone for good food places near the guesthouse. She'd noted down several, but was particularly excited to visit one, Leopold's Café and Bar. Two minutes later, Kayla meandered more or less in the direction of Leopold's. Purposefully leaving the phone in her bag, she didn't mind if she got a little bit lost on the way. Kayla sensed a good vibe on the street as she made her way northeast towards Leopold's, nestled somewhere behind the imposing an iconic Gateway of India monument. Kayla knew nobody in the city and revelled in the freedom of leaving her regular life in Sydney behind for a while. It wasn't that Kayla didn't like Sydney, but she was pleased to have the opportunity to see a bit of the world before she settled into her future. A future that, right now, she couldn't decide on the direction of. Nearing the centre of Calaba, Kayla's senses came alive with the dizzying sights and sounds and smells of India's trademark chaos. 
She turned and carried on, hunger and the desire for an icy beer driving her forwards. Ahead, a large red sign hung above the open arched doorways of the restaurant. Kayla recognised it from the guidebook and stopped dead on the thin pavement, causing two women in bright blue headscarves to shuffle past her. Leopold's Café and Bar, the sign said. Excuse me, miss, came a weak voice from a few feet away. I need money for food. Kayla saw a small boy, no older than six or seven, his hands cupped before him. Although Kayla had seen countless people on the walk who appeared to be living in poverty, none had yet to approach her. She was about to walk on when something on the boy's face drew her attention. He had a series of red gashes up the back of his neck and cheeks as though someone had gone at him with a cane. Kayla dropped into a crouch and looked at the boy. Who did this to you? What happened? she said, suddenly concerned. This? Nothing, the boy said. To Kayla, his expression said the opposite. She glanced around as though looking for someone to help. People on the street continued with their lives as though the boy didn't even exist. What's your name? Kayla said. Rahul, the boy said. You, you have money? Rahul lifted a dirty hand towards his mouth. Suddenly, Kayla felt a blow of helplessness. There really was nothing she could do for this poor young boy. OK, Rahul, Kayla said, pulling a few rupee notes from her bag. Take this, get something to eat, and please stay away from whoever did this to you. Yes, miss, thank you, thank you, Rahul said, accepting the money and nodding excitedly. Kayla stood with a heavy heart and then turned towards the restaurant. Rahul. Rahul shoved the money deep inside his pocket and couldn't believe his luck. The lady had given him more money than he'd ever seen before. He longed to pull the notes back out again and properly count them, but he knew that was a bad idea. Bossman would be very unhappy if he knew that Rahul had been counting the money in public. The first rule they were taught was to look as poor and sorrowful as possible. Rahul cupped his hands as another pair of tourists walked past. This pair didn't even glance down. As the tourists sauntered away, Rahul was suddenly struck with an idea. Why should he give this money to boss man? Rahul had asked the lady for the money, and she had given it to him. Therefore, Rahul thought it was probably his to spend as he saw fit. Rahul's mind filled with all the tasty food he could buy with the money. Maybe he could even buy something for the other children too. Then he froze. Bossman would take the money, whether Rahul liked it or not. That was unless Rahul escaped, properly this time. Rahul glanced up and then down the street. He couldn't see Bossman or any of his corrupt friends. That didn't mean they weren't watching though. Rahul's shoulders slumped at the thought that his good fortune would be spent on beers for Bossman and his friends. He slipped his hand inside the pocket and felt the notes. There were at least three of them, maybe more. The movement caused the welts all over his back and chest to ache once more. Rahul focused on the money and tried to forget the pain. With that much money, Rahul could get far, far away from Bossman and all his corrupt friends. Rahul knew what he should do. 
he should ride on one of the overnight trains, like the one that had brought him here to Mumbai all those years ago. He could go south. People always said that once they left Mumbai, they'd go south. South sounded like a good idea to Rahul. In the south, he would find himself in another city where Bossman couldn't reach him. Rahul glanced around again. Bossman wasn't nearby, or at least he didn't think so. Rahul made a decision and stepped away from the door of the restaurant. No one shouted at him. No one came for him. He took another step, his senses on high alert. Still, no one came. Then Rahul ran. Then Rahul heard the voice. Slumdog Escape by me, Luke Richardson and Stephen Moore. That's the end of part one of the story. We've met Kayla, we've met Rahul. We're right there in Mumbai with them. I really hope you've enjoyed this. Skip over to episode two now to hear the next part of the story. By the way, whilst you're here, if you're able to like and subscribe to the Thriller Vault podcast, it helps us spread the word so much. Thank you again and I'll see you for episode two of Slumdog Escape very, very soon.